Hello everybody and welcome to our What the Animals Want Us to Know series and today we have episode 10 for you and we have very special uh, animals here with us and they're the wolves. We have a pack of wolves for the messages and oh, we invited them and we also have here the lovely Melia Brent White. Hello Melia and welcome and um, so we're gonna have fun this last time uh, for this online series so there might be further events coming up so do check out Animal Wisdom on Facebook or Creating Your Inner e Equilibrium on Facebook where you can see what will happen and what we will offer. But wolves today. So Melia, would you like to start off with a little wolf um, explanation? <laughs> So I'll share a little bit about the wolf totem from the Animal Speak book by Ted Andrews. So um, wolves are to do with guardianship, ritual, loyalty and spirit. Wolves are probably the most misunderstood of wild mammals. Tales of terror and their cold-bloodedness abound. Although many stories tell otherwise, there's never been any confirmed attack or killing of a human by a healthy wolf. In spite of the negative press, wolves are almost the exact opposite of how they are portrayed. They're friendly, social and highly intelligent. Their sense of family is strong and loyal and they live by carefully defined rules, rules and rituals. Wolves are the epitome of the wild spirit. Their positive characteristics are so numerous, it is no wonder that Native Americans and others practically deified them. Many believe that the true test of America's sincerity about protecting the environment will revolve around whether or not the wolf remains protected and is allowed to be reintroduced into areas of the country where it has heretofore been eliminated. The wolf is the true spirit of the free and unspoiled wilderness. Wolves are very ritualistic in as many ways as humans. They live by carefully defined rules. There are specific territories that are sacred. Their social behaviour is based upon a hierarchical structure. Each has its place and function within the hierarchy. There's an alpha male and an alpha female. Wolves do not fight unnecessarily. In fact, they will often go out of their way to avoid it. Though they are extremely strong and powerful, disagreements rarely end in serious fights. Often a glance, a posture, a growl is all that's necessary to determine dominance. They don't have to demonstrate it, but they're capable if it comes down to it. This is part of what wolf medicine teaches. The wolf teaches you to know who you are and to develop strength, confidence and surety in that so that you do not have to demonstrate and prove yourself at all. I think I like that. I like, um, I've been having this feeling um, when I was meditating and, and doing some Reiki uh, transmissions out in nature that I was sort of connecting to the earth. And this is the, the feeling that I kind of connect with wolves. You know, they, you're very connected to earth. You're very strong inside. Your core is strong. And this is something, I think it's lovely. To, to find that strength within you that 
you can actually just stand up and say, this is where I am. And again, our society is not really, you know, build on that, that we all stand up and, and show you who we are. Our society is more built like, uh, especially in the, in the cities where we need to cramp in. So we need to pull our energy back and not put it out so much i mean this is this is my experience so um i always feel that wolf energy is very much like containing yourself but strong and being able to just rest yeah and i think especially as um human females we can learn a lot from the wolf totem i'm hearing quite a few different stories with friends and in clinic at the moment of people being in, especially work environments, where they have a female boss and there's an extreme misuse of power, often through um, like bullying and, and different, um, you know, the, the old divide and conquer. And really this kind of behavior, it's a symptom of our colonial mindset and our colonized mind and it causes imbalance. And even what, even reading that excerpt from the Animal Speaks book, it sounds like the wolves have got that social hierarchy and that structure where everything's in balance. And this is what we're lacking in our society, even within our governments. And, and it feels like, and, and I've personally been working through this, how do we change our culture to create a stronger system? And I feel the wolf told, totem has a lot to teach us about creating stronger more harmonious and balanced systems. You know what? You know, I'm 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 kind of being um, shown my own leadership and my own sort of response to leadership, bad or good leadership at the moment, and uh, trying to find different ways to deal with bad leadership. You know, the very sort of um, you know aggressive what you were saying bullying and all that and I found tuning into the wolf energy was um supporting me supporting me in my you know standing in my spot going you know be it's just like being present being present where I am and being present and not being being uh, pulling back and not uh, apologizing for anything I am the way I am and I'm here and that's good. This is how I feel the energy is different to um, I don't have a right to be here and, you know, I should apologize for, for you know, being here. And, um, yeah, so I think it's, it's a very clean, strong energy um, that supports us being present and show who we are. So, um, and a, a lot of it's to do with our relationship with our own power yeah. and, and, and how we're connected with that. And even recently, um, you know, I've had a few experiences, you know, connect, connecting with our, our killer nature as humans. We are destroyers or we're creators. We, we do have this ability to kill. And um, especially as, as women, often that is that becomes huge shadow personality things because 
uh, huge shadow personality energy charge because we're not connected with that inside ourselves at all. Meanwhile, you know, thinking about that wolf totem energy, it's like you don't have to show, you don't have to do it, but you have to be connected with it so that someone else knows that right. you've got it, basically. Right. And, and we do that by, by developing our own relationship with our own inner power. I, um, I've gotten into archery recently and um, someone took a photo of me and I looked at the look on my face and I thought, I don't want to be on the other side of that arrow. <laughs> but it's nice. It's like, you know what? I don't understand why we are so shying back. I mean, as women, shying back from, you know, showing power and determination and leadership. And, you know, it's something so nice to be able to, you know, tap into that power and know because we are all really powerful. But sometimes we cut ourselves off of that power. And and often for good reason. It's a lot to do with whether it was safe to be powerful as young youngsters, you know. It's to do with, with the family. It's to do with society. It's to do with schooling. So often there's very good reasons why we have a distorted energy relationship with power, but that doesn't mean that it has to be that way for the rest of your life. And there comes an age and there comes a time in a woman's life where it becomes okay to be powerful. This is what I feel, you know. It's where you have learned enough to deal with real power and leadership. And probably looking back, maybe, you know, when I was 20, I wouldn't have been wise enough to tap into that enormous power and energy. So now, you know, 29 years later, I feel, you know, I'm, I'm more suited to tap into that energy and to, to sort of channel that energy and become that energy than I, I was when I was younger. So, um, yes, thank you for, for kind of bringing that point up that maybe it wasn't safe at a certain part, point in your life. And also we're not, um, we're not, we're not taught as a society how to deal with power. Well, there's a lot of distortion. I, I watched a short film the other night and it was a beautiful indigenous Australian film. And basically the elders, took this young boy, he was about six, into the bush and they left him there. They said, you stay here. And then they disappeared for a few hours. And he went on a journey of exploration and eventually he found them and they had tea and some damper for him. And at the end of it, one of, um, like the, there was an, an elder that came on and spoke and he said, I, I remember this happening when I was a child. They just used to go and leave me in the forest or in the bush, as we call it here in Australia, and then I would have to find my own way. And I, I feel that, that part of that is about teaching people how to resource their, themselves and to resource their own power as well. And there's just certain structures and ways to, to nourish that connection to power that not everyone's experienced in our Western, Western culture. 
that's true because maybe um we don't have so much need you know to this these are two different things navigate your 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 way back from the bush or navigate your way around on the underground you know it's sort of when do you really have to step into this power that um you know this really this raw wolf-like power um well, i've got a message that oh, ties in with that yeah great <laughs> and you know again we we haven't spoken about our messages so this is the the wolf the wolf energy guiding us we're, we're coming we're coming to a point where society has to change, you know, like things are going to change in our lifetime. And it, even when I was younger, I felt the urge probably in my twenties to begin to collect cans and hoard food, like this kind of urge to know how to survive. And obviously it hasn't happened yet, but it's just good to have skills. And often I think like, I don't have, I've got some skills, but, to live and to survive in the world without the trappings of society requires more skills and some of those skills we've forgotten. So I connected to a um, desert wolf called Mahila and she was just a little female and um, she actually said she was a desert dusky wolf but I couldn't find exactly what a desert dusky wolf was but there were dusky wolves and there were desert wolves so um so she said survival every day is about survival and relying on our skills to stay alive sometimes i'm alone and sometimes i'm with the pack it is easier to survive with others as we work in a team and share the spoils we howl at the moon asking us to set us free it keeps us in a cycle separate to the earth cycle Find your inner survival skills. You will need them. It's so funny that it's actually exactly what you've been talking about. So, um, yeah, survival skills. I think, you know, I have a feeling that these skills that we're needing, they're changing. You know, so far, my survival skills were mostly based on how to survive in society and in family you know meaning not you know it's not really the survival it's the survival of my being so that i didn't have to um i was sort of trying to survive with me being intact instead of you know kind of um throwing me overboard and becoming one member of you know, society, uh, family, or groups. So, um, but now I feel that the energy has changed so much that, you know, what, what the wolf was talking about, the survival means something different. The survival really, really means something. How do I interact with my surroundings? How do I inter interact with nature? How do I interact with um, animals? You know, how, how do we want to start being with our environment and our nature and our animals? Because 
you know, what we were, we were sort of channeling and talking about eating animals. And that is a natural thing. And animals actually say it is okay. You know, we sent one of the animals that is old or, you know, is ready to go. But we have come so far from this balance and natural um, living together. So now our skills, if we want to change or we need to change, probably we don't want to, but we need to change the way we live. We need to change the skills because if we were going back to a more balanced lifestyle of hunting, you know, I don't know how that would look, but getting away from the factory farmed animals, then we need to have skills like your archery skills. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, um, and plant-based growing skills and knowing how to make soil fertile and, knowing what herbs we can eat like in in europe there's a lot of i mean there there, are, there is a movement around it you know foraging and um even that nose to tail eating the way of eating every single part of the animal which is much more respectful way of going about things not not that i anyway when, when i think when we're hungry you're less fussy like you have less choice and it probably will come to that um was it hunger is the mother of no necessity is the mother of all invention <laughs> or yeah. skill acquisition and I, I do feel there's a movement around recrafting it's it's how do how do we um reconnect with these these old old craft and hunting ways because now, even when I walk in the bush here, I, I was I was walking this morning and I was thinking about how lightly do we walk on the earth? And I'm a bit of an elephant. Now, I try to walk a bit softer, but it's not like I've been trained from a young age to to meld and to blend. A bit like what the the deer spoke to us about about melding into the dappled light. <laughs> we're very noticeable. So if we're going around trying to hunt something and we're super noticeable it's just not going to happen so there's this whole difference in in way of being yeah no that's true um i don't know if my next my next uh message that i picked up ties in that you know ties into that what we've been talking about but um maybe a little bit I'll just read it and then we can, we can decide. Um, I connected to a gray wolf and this gray wolf said uh, he lives in Siberia in a big forest. The weather is often very harsh and he would like to be called Sasha. And this is what Sasha said. We animals find life hard too, like you humans. We have to deal with hunters, harsh weather and recently with big fires too but we don't stay with that feeling for too long. Often, only a moment later, we find something we really enjoy, like cuddling up in a small hole with your pack to warm each other, or just watching the sun or the stars. Howling always makes us feel good. What makes you humans feel good? Hmm. 
I feel that that ties in a lot with my next message as well. Okay. There's a lot of similarities there. I am. Um, one thing I wanted to say to this is, um, first of all, I, you know, with the wolves, I started Googling quite a bit because I didn't know anything about them. And <laughs> I, didn't, wolf in the background. <laughs> I didn't know whether they had wolves in Siberia or did they have forests in Siberia. So, um, Yes, they do. And I, I Googled that. And also what I didn't know is that they've been having really big wildfires there too. So mm. there is big parts of Siberia is burning because the, the, the wolf kind of mentioned that. And I thought, okay, I, I hadn't heard about that. And um, there is a lot of forest being destroyed. I don't know what the up... Um, the update on the wildfires in Siberia is whether they're still burning. They were burning in, in August, but I only saw that on, on um, when I Googled it. So I don't know what the, what the latest is, but um, yeah. Yeah, there's lot, lots of fires happening all around the world. The east, the east coast of Australia is burning as well. Okay. But fire, fire, you know, it can be catastrophic and you can lose everything, but it can also be like the phoenix rising from the ashes and a very transmuting process. Yeah. So, but um, even where I live here, we, we live with the threat of fire every year. It's a, it's a very real, real um, threat. Yeah. Yeah. We, what, what do we do when nature brings us things? Oh. We have to survive. It's that survival thing again, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. And that's kind of what your your wolf friend is doing. Surviving but appreciating the, the moments. I've um I've read quite a few things of um people that survived the Holocaust and their the, the psychology. They went on to become psychologists and they wrote about what they were thinking about during during their time in in camps, and um, you know the the ones that survived and and came out of it and were able to share their story about about their experience, but they just focused on very very small things like what your wolf's talking about the the things that got them through through the day. And also they visualised yeah. their future. They visualised where they would be when this was over. So it's an interesting thing to look into that psych psychology. Yeah. Um, and, and, of course, there's natural human survival skills throughout history because there's been terrible things that have happened throughout history, not just the one terrible thing. There's multiple multiple terrible things but we do have like these inbuilt survival systems um just like the animals do too so i connected to a eurasian wolf so they're they're also around um like russia eurasia and he actually said he was a golden wolf but i think that was more like his color was more golden because i tried to see if there were golden wolves in um 
in Eurasia? And they said, no, there's only African golden wolves. So I also did a lot of Googling about where the wolves were. And especially when they told me what they were, I'm like, okay, where are you? <laughs> he said, we are very afraid of people now that they are not, there are not many of us left. The fear runs like a current through the land. We can feel how much fear people have towards life and nature. Yes, we kill and hunt things, but it is our nature and it is what we were born to do. Some winters are very hard with less food and places to go. So that drives us to the town sometimes. People get very scared and we hear them saying that we should die. It would be better if there was space for us and different space for humans but, they, but there are many peoples and growing every year. So when they said many peoples, it was like in capitals. It was, it was like this um, concept of, of many peoples. You know what? And it's like, like the many peoples are multiplying. I actually have picked up a very similar message like you just did it's, it's basically saying exactly the same <laughs> so, this is this i think this is this is really interesting that um you know some of the animals choose to kind of say the right the, the, the same thing again sometimes in, in different words and sometimes it basically the same words and i feel that if something like that happens, it's sort of, look at this, mm. look at this, you know, it's sort of reminding us to, to look at that. And um, I just read my message and then you can see how, how similar it is. I connected to a wolf. He was very cagey. He didn't want to say a lot about himself. And he said, I live somewhere in the Eastern part of Germany, but I won't tell you ex the exact place as I'm afraid to get killed. People are so afraid of us and we don't want to harm anybody. We also just want to live as a peaceful life. When we eat some of your livestock, we are hungry and we don't do this for fun. But what really throws us is that the livestock doesn't run away when we come close. In our language, that means eat me, I'm old or sick. And so we eat too many. If we had more space to hunt and live, we wouldn't come close to your houses at all. We're happy being away from humans and civilization, but we're hungry. So I feel this is, this is very similar to, to what your wolf said. Yeah, and it's another highlighting of, of us humans not thinking about the needs of of others in in our environment and that's as a as a race it's and i i know that you know even here in australia like often aboriginal people would be killing livestock say 100 years ago and then up until 19, uh, 1966 you were legally able to shoot an Aboriginal person on your land as livestock. Wow. So there's a similarity between like some Indigenous races and how they've been treated and, and how people treat wolves. 
Um, and I guess there's this uh, lack of respect and understanding that all beings have needs and have that need to eat. And if, if their natural way of going about things have been taken away from them, then they will, will go to domesticated stock. Yeah. For example, <laughs> I had a, a fox visitor yesterday and the fox is part, it's, it's connected to the wolf family. It's, a, it's um, they're from the same family. So we don't have wolves here, but we have foxes. So I was outside, Miriam already knows this story, but I'll share it again. Outside, reading the paper, enjoying the sunshine. I hear the chickens starting to go crazy. And then I thought, what's going on? And I heard one of the roosters like, wah, 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 wah. and then I thought, oh, there's a dog chasing the rooster. And then around the corner is this fox chasing the rooster. And then the rooster ran into the fence, like we've got a dog fence. And then the fox had him and he had him around the neck. And he, he had him, he had him good. He was dead pretty much. The rooster was dead. But I was only, I'd walked up close and I was only a metre away. Like I was so close. And I shouted out, hey, in like a really quite authoritarian voice. And the fox dropped, <laughs> dropped the rooster and the rooster got away. And the fox ran off. But he, he was skinny. And he had half his tail, he had half his fur missing on his tail. So it made me think after that whole incident, it was it really got my blood up because I was like, whoa, this is really, really random. It's, you don't often see foxes during the daytime. But it got me thinking about, okay, was like that fox, he might not have much of a chance to eat another meal that day. He was really hungry. Although there are bunnies around and there's also doves, but perhaps the rooster was a good, good target. And I was thinking maybe that was, that was the rooster's time. Maybe, maybe his number was up and I interfered. Mm. And the rooster's still alive. He's back in, the, back in the cage. And the fox will come back. We've actually had, since we've done the foxes episode, we've had foxes almost every night at our chicken pen. They make the dogs go nuts. But it's just interesting how we can interfere with those natural cycles and, and may, maybe the rooster's number was up. Maybe he was destined for the fox and maybe the fox will find him again. Because that particular rooster, he does actually sleep outside. He sleeps in the tree because we've got two roosters. But anyway, he's safe for now. That is amazing, isn't it? And um, sometimes it's hard to, to, you know, it's hard to know whether you... you um, you changed anything and you changed the outcome. But I, I believe that this is, it's all in, in divine order. So that you saved him was part of the plan. You know, if you wouldn't have saved him, our talking about this incident would have been completely different. So, mm. um, so there's, there's a, there's a meaning behind the savior and there's a meaning behind you know, also talking about the um, interference, but, you know, it is right the way it is. That's, 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 you know, what I believe. And um, if his number, you know, if his time is up, there will be something else. 
Or... Yeah, it'll come around again if it's meant if it's meant to be. Yeah. And it was quite unusual that I was out there at that time. If I'd been inside, he would have he would have killed the rooster. Yeah. If I hadn't have been there, right there, a meter away, he he would have killed the rooster. So yeah, it was a very interesting experience to be a part of, and it certainly got my fierce kind of warrior killer energy up. <laughs> <laughs> the wolf energy the wolf energy that protect it was a protective energy yeah so um yeah do you, you're next with a message i don't have any more i just had two okay i have one more and this is this was very it's very different from the messages that uh, we listened to before this is a female white wolf and she's from Alaska, and her name is Antaya. Um, and this is what she said. I'm pretty fortunate. I love my life. I don't, I don't have too many problems. I have a lovely pack, a lovely partner, and we just had cups. They're still young, and it's a lot of work, but I love looking at them and seeing how much they're learning all the time. Sometimes I ask myself why I'm so happy all the time. And then I look around me. Beautiful landscape, water, lots of food to hunt, and a great partner in life. I think happiness, happiness attracts more happiness. And since meeting my wolf partner, I'm becoming more and more happy each day, even though sometimes I think it's not possible. We wolves see each other, and when we decide, we think, oh, if and when we think we would make a good pack to go uh, together, we go together. That's how we do it. So um, I actually googled that as well because I didn't know how how wolves would kind of find each other or live together. And they do live in these uh, family-like packs, and they um, they're very loyal to each other. And it's it's I was reminded of you know, marriage, that they come together and they stay together. Marriage in a, in a you know, in, in a positive um, way. That's such a beautiful message because it, it really highlights the simplicity of appreciation. Yeah. And, and how that can, can bring us happiness. I also like the... Um, happiness breeds happiness that when we're happy we're becoming more and more happy because it's sort of the law of attraction you know you're sending out this uh, frequency or this vibration of love and appreciation and life shows you those or highlights those things in your life that have the same vibration love and appreciation and beautiful um, situations. So um, a reminder again to be happy and make an effort in a way to be happy, you know, decide to be happy. Because I think we humans, unless the, you know, um, apart from the animals, we have the um, possibility to decide to be happy. You know, we have this, we can stay in the, in the worry or we can shift to being happy. I think animals they don't 
I have never seen an animal that that decided to stay in the worry and um, what will happen tomorrow and do I have enough this or do I'm good enough. Um, Some dogs that live with humans have right. Have, okay, have I haven't picked up the human energy, and they take it on that. Yeah, but um, I haven't met or I haven't really communicated with many um, animals where I had that feeling. So. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. I had I had a day the other day and I said to my husband, I just had the best day. And it was a really simple day. There was nothing, you know, nothing to crow about, nothing to put on Instagram, nothing to tell anyone about. But it was just a great day. Had like lovely cups of tea, some time with friends, you know, some nice conversation. Not not long time, just short periods of time. Got the bow and arrow out a few times <laughs> with different people. And then I spent some time with my horses and, and, and my husband puts a hot water bottle in my bed for me every evening. <laughs> it's just the most beautiful thing to receive. I think we also have to be able to receive and open to the simplicity of happiness as well and, and not look for amazing things that necessarily like whack the senses but it's just that contentment and the contentment in in simple things yeah and you know notice those things notice that and be open to receiving it because it's in it's in every moment if we look for it um, and that's kind of like if you keep your eyes open, then every moment has something to give you. I actually, I actually spoke to a silver dragon today, and the silver dragon. No, it was it wasn't the silver dragon that gave me this message. It was someone else. It was actually Merlin. But I'll read what it is. It was, there is magic in everything. We will dissolve the haze that clouds the eyes so that you can see the brightness again. I have another one. Sensuality is learning to fall in love over and over again. Life can be your friend if you let it love you back. Yeah, I like that. That was actually, so these were, in my Mindscape workshop, I have spirit, have like male and female guides. And today it was Merlin and the female one was Nigella. And so that second one was from, from Nigella. It, it ties in with what we're talking about. Yeah, it's, do you know what? It's, I think it's a great reminder um, because I think we all, have these moments of of small happiness um what you were saying about having a cup of tea or you know speaking to your friends or spending time with your friends or spending time with your animals but sometimes we're too busy because we're in our worry you know in in our mind where we worry about tomorrow or we worry about yesterday or something like that that we don't appreciate those moments fully and we don't 
because it's nothing to put on Instagram. I love when you said that, you know, a day without anything to put on Instagram. Um, we don't see it because there's a different consciousness that you look at with the world when you're not thinking about looking through a camera. And my horses show me, they show me there's a difference as soon as I bring the camera out. Yeah. And they don't give me the same moments you when know, the camera's there. I can't capture what, I, try, I captured a little bit yesterday, but it's not, it's not the same. And what they give me when I have given, it's about undivided attention. It's about your quality of consciousness. And I think we may have talked about it in another episode about everything wants our attention. Yes, it does, but it wants our quality of attention. Because some people might have heard us talking about that and said, well, I give my children plenty of attention and it's not quite, not quite enough or whatever, whatever it is. And the thing is, it's about tuning into yourself and it's the quality of the consciousness and the attention that you're giving. That's attention from the heart. It's about being fully present in the moment, not being half somewhere else in the head. And what worry is an emotion that takes us out of the present moment. It takes us either into the future or the past. So anytime you're worrying, you can just go, ping, I am not in the present. Yeah. The funny thing is, um, recently when I've gone, gone out to, to into the nature and I was doing my Reiki because I decided I wanted to send Reiki to the world and just channel Reiki for everybody, any soul um, that needed it. And um, I was very, you know, I was very connected and it was a lovely, lovely, um, beautiful moment. And I tried to capture that in a, in a photo afterwards and it doesn't reflect it at all it doesn't show you know and i was like that's interesting because inside me i could feel this and i was very rich and yeah so i stopped trying to take pictures of those kind of <laughs> connections and it doesn't matter but um yeah that was just something if it's real maybe if it's really 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 real then it doesn't show on instagram or uh, facebook <laughs> Exactly. Um, I just want to show you this because I drew myself three dragon cards today and one of them is the, the earth and fire dragon and it says it works with you to clear the fifth dimensional ley lines. It's time for service when you give you receive and it's all about giving the earth the earth energy which is what you were just talking about. So yeah. another, another beautiful synchronicity that we don't fully understand, but we embrace the journey. And uh, we have something very special for all viewers and listeners today. So we're going to do some breathing and a heart-based felt breathing. And uh, yeah, let's kind of, it's, to connect with the with the earth and connect with yourself. So, Amelia, would you like to guide us in this little? I would. I would. So, I'll invite you just to find yourself a comfortable place, either sitting or lying down, and put your feet 
gently on the floor. And if you're lying down, you can bend your knees and put your feet on the floor, or you can use your imagination that your feet are on the floor. And just begin by taking some big, deep breaths. And just letting out with a, a sigh during the exhale. Another big, deep breath whenever you're ready. And a sigh on the exhale. Another big deep breath. Now wiggle your toes and just notice how the bottom of your feet are connecting to the earth. And just imagining that your feet are like little suction cups and they're just beginning to resource and suck up the beautiful earth energy up through your legs, almost like straws. And we we're drinking up the straws all the way to the heart. So just feel that connection coming all the way up through your ankles and your lower legs, your knees, thighs, hips, belly, lower back, and then all the way up to the heart. You can just pop your hand there. And just notice that gentle suctioning energy and just continue breathing for a few deep breaths and just focusing on that sigh. And just notice your heart center filling with that energy from the earth. up to your mind and just notice where your mind's at. Is it busy? Is it slow? Is it in the future or the past? Or is it here in the present moment? Just take a moment to sit with your mind and just watch it for a, for a few seconds. Now bring your mind's eye all the way down through your head and your face and your neck all the way down into the heart. And just begin by taking a few deep breaths in and out from the heart center. Just allowing that heart to Gently breathe in and out and you can feel into expanding or exploring that heart energy in whatever way feels right for you. And 
I'm just imagining that you've got doors on your heart. And if you feel, if it feels right for you, open those doors and invite your inner wolf into your heart. Just sit and breathe for a few moments with this wolf friend, which is a part of you and is of you and connected to this wild nature that every person has inside of them. And then we're going to draw up from the earth energy up through our legs, through the heart, and then we're going to release a howl in whatever way feels right for you. And if you want to just do a howl inside your mind, that's fine. And if you want to quiet the recording, if you're in a public place, we're going to howl. <laughs> so just take a big, deep breath. And then on the exhale, you're just going to release whatever howl feels right for you. Just take a few moments and just feel like what does that feel for your body? What are you noticing with your body? Are there any areas where the howl is getting stuck? And another big deep breath. And with the next inhale, we're going to do another big howl. And another few big deep breaths. Just noticing any sensations or feelings you have within the body. And we're going to do one more. So big, deep inhale. And exhale. Sit with your heart center again. And then just you can either, you can put your heart center back to a place that feels right for you, especially if you're going into the into the normal world after listening to this recording, you might just wanna close those heart doors. So just bring yourself back to a place that feels right for you. And then when you're ready, wiggling your shoulders and your fingertips and your toes and just coming back into the present moment and opening your eyes. That was very nice to bring the uh, the wolf energy in, and uh, my dog came in. 
<laughs> I could I could hear him coming in when we were howling. So um, yes, that was a lovely ending of our ten week. Um, what do the animals want us to know? Um, series and uh, wolf episode, and for me, I have to say, this ten week. It was like a course. It was a course in animal wisdom. It was a course in uh, what do the animals want us to really see and know and feel. And uh, things have changed. Things have uh, changed in the way I connect with Earth, I connect with myself, and I connect with um, nature. I think. The, the way I connect and um, I have received many insights many um, new messages new wisdom and uh, I've had many new ideas so um, yeah I feel I've become closer to who I am with the help of the animals. I, I laughed when you said that things have changed because that's things can change is something that's been on my mind with those three words. It's like things can change. And it's it's really connecting to our ability to, to grow and, and to align even deeper to ourselves. And I feel that this journey has definitely brought that through for me as well and I, I have learnt a lot <laughs> it's it's been extremely extremely rich and I'm sure it won't stop even after today it's it's like this unfolding gift of consciousness and it's it's a very powerful thing to open to and to experience and I'm I'm feeling really I'm really appreciating the time that we have taken um both of us to go on this journey. And I'm very grateful that we have the opportunity to do this and um, to be in this, in, this, in this journey together. And um, I, I even feel I might want to do the whole 10 episodes at some point again and sort of see how I received the messages and how I received the meditations that we chose to um, to pair up with the messages and um, I'm just deeply grateful for this for this beautiful experience and this beautiful journey that we have taken and uh, the people that interacted and the people that gave us the feedback and um, came on the journey with us and uh, let us know that how they they received the messages and the um the meditation so um it was an amazing experience and i'm i'm really happy thank you thank you to everyone and thank you miriam and the animals yes thank you Melia, for your time and your your input and uh your meditations and your messages and for just being you it was lovely to have you here and uh, I, uh, I thank the, the animals and everybody that took part. So um, thank you very much. Thank you. Bye. See you soon. <laughs>